0: Hello everyone and welcome to another Well Played Podcast, a podcast all about playful learning. Together we explore games, game mechanics, and the power of learning through play. With me I have Teresa Gross. Her Twitter handle is at Gross 625 Teresa and I are going to be talking about her first sort of steps into really an intentional gamified world in her classroom. Uh, Teresa, you want to introduce yourself?
1: My name is Teresa Gross, and I'm a literacy teacher outside of Rochester, New York. And right now, I work in the middle school, so I work with sixth through eighth grade. I teach one language and literature class to eighth graders, and I also do reading interventions for sixth and eighth grade.
0: Awesome! Uh, and once again, I'm Michael Matera, a host of Well Played, and brand new YouTuber. If you could check out that YouTube channel, that'd be awesome. It's tinyurl.com slash Mr. Matera. And without further ado, let's dive in. Uh, So you recently sort of finished, uh, not finished, but you finished designing the start of a gamified class, right?
1: I did. I'm, I'm in the process of it.
0: Ooh. So for all those people out there that are thinking about getting started, what, what got you off the ledge of like thinking about it? And I've sort of read some stuff about it. There's a big jump to like doing, doing it. So what got you off that, that ledge?
1: Yeah. So a few years ago, I actually purchased your book, Explore Like a Pirate, (laughs) and I started reading it. But I am not a gamer, admittingly. So I, it was a little bit outside of my comfort zone. And I just didn't have that background knowledge and the knowledge base of it. So I started to um, kind of lurk in your chat a little bit over the past few summers. Um, so I have to say the Explore Like a Pirate community is just so gracious. And you guys are so helpful. And I love just being able to ask questions and take notes. So in one of my intervention classes a couple of years ago I tried gamifying like a scavenger hunt.
0: Nice. And
1: a lot of my students are gamers. So I actually kind of did a flipped classroom model where I asked them questions about gaming and you know they taught me about gaming. Um, so I learned about like leveling up in worlds and being able to to earn things. Yeah. And, and one thing I asked them was when when you guys game you you keep going even if something happens and like your character dies or you have to go back to the beginning what keeps you going because I was thinking about learning in the classroom and building that stamina to keep you know to keep going and challenging themselves um so after that that was really fun it was fun to watch them want to earn the points and the badges it was fun to watch them kind of go on the scavenger hunts I had created um so I decided that this year I really wanted to jump in and try it, like really try it with a writing unit. So I have started reading your book for the third time, <laughs> and 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 this time I'm kind of, it, I love the way it's set up because the, in the beginning it kind of explained to me the different types of gamers. So that was really interesting to me, and then the different components of gaming. And you also had purpose driven instruction, I think it was called. Yeah, purpose
0: driven learning.
1: Learning. And we are an IB MYP accredited school. So so many of those fit into the IB philosophy and our character traits. Um, So I don't know why. I was trying to think of a fantasy world that would be easy to replicate in the classroom. So I thought of City of Ember. And I've always loved the book and the movie City of Ember. So I thought that that would be a really neat world to be able to create in the classroom. And also um,
0: and just, so much of it. And just for the audience, if you haven't read City Amber, it's this this like world underneath, like underground, right? That like yes. they've, so, they've almost like time-capsuled so, themselves.
1: Exactly. Um, so So the mayor's, they decided that they wanted to kind of protect their citizens from the outside world, from war and famine and, and just kind of the negative things that happen in our world, climate change, things like that. So they built this city underground and they had this box because they knew the city couldn't sustain itself forever. So they set this box to open in 200 years and it would be how to get out of the city of Amber. Um, because the citizens don't know that they're underground, and they think that they are the only city around um, that has light. Like It's just darkness outside of the city. So the box gets passed down from mayor to mayor, but then it gets hidden in someone's house. So at the 200-year mark, there's nobody there to see the box open. And as a result, the city is starting to deteriorate. So they're running out of food, and probably the biggest issue that they're having is blackout because the generator is starting to also deteriorate. So the children have to go to an assignment day. So when they go to assignment day, they're given different jobs. And some of the two of the biggest jobs are being the city messenger and working in the pipe works. So basically, these two young characters are very, um, they think that there's something out there and they start to kind of solve all these clues and eventually are able to put everything together and escape the city of ember and end up in the outside world so basically i've taken that storyline and kind of incorporated that into like a gamification unit
0: Which which is just a rich like idea and concept for your your gamified unit and a theme that i think I, it it just sounds awesome. Uh, so thank you for explaining the book to everybody. Yeah. And uh, you, you used a technique that I often talk about in my presentations of taking an already established world because there is a language, there is a vocabulary that you could then like glom onto for your own in-class activities and, and naming of items or activities around. So, I mean, even in your own short description here, you had such vivid language of what was happening that I think will help transport the students
1: yeah and i think that that was one thing i would have to say if they wanted to try this i was kind of going a little bit backwards and that i didn't have my theme so i was kind of collecting ideas for badges and you know just i was collecting like different just things and we also have a breakout box i have actually breakout box and I have access to offers. They're not being used by students. So I knew I wanted to kick it off with the breakout box and what the, kind of the story I just told you is kind of what the kids are going to get. Um, so I'm kind of created almost like a raft for them. Like they're going to have a role that they're going to find in the breakout box. But then when I decided on the actual theme everything like just started coming together. Boom, click. <laughs> yeah. So I highly recommend it, recommend that, that you get kind of your theme and where you want to go. Cause then I was like, Oh, you know, like I can create like a little garden over here with like fake flowers and stuff. And that you know, like that. as things start to die, I can take them away. Um, you know, the badges I was able to, uh, you know, use, like you said, the language. So I have like, the messenger and the pipe works and the greenhouse helper. And then I have, you know, the blackouts are going to be, you know, when something, when the electricity goes off. And it's so easy to replicate that in the classroom because if I pull down my shades and turn off my lights, it's actually pretty dark. So I have like, yeah, it's so fun. So I painted like a big light bulb that is like the focus. So that's like the whole the cover of the city of Ember. So I painted a light bulb as like the focal point of kind of like our, our game board and then around it. So I have different, like I have little like party bags and I have raffle tickets and I have emoji post-its and things like that. So I just kind of started pairing everything up. Um, and then um, the, the locks in the box, so, um, you know, have you done a breakup? I'm sure you've done a breakup.
0: I've done a breakup.
1: And how you design the lock? So they fit perfectly with um, some of the, like, the, the alphabet lock. My kids won't listen, like, hear this, so I'll just say it. Like, the alphabet lock, it's perfect put ember like there, it's five letters so I can have ember be nice. you know like a breakout code and then one of them is a three-digit lock so I want to use the 200 for the 200 years somehow and then one of them is a four-digit lock and I was thinking of using their graduation year somehow um, and somehow maybe attaching that to like an assignment day or something and that you know when you graduate you know you either go on to college or you go on to find a job or something like that um, so, those are a couple ideas I have for the lock that kind of correspond both then and then kind of with the book, too. So, that's what I'm thinking about for my, my combination.
0: That's a great way to come the game. It's like fun and it's exciting and it's kind of different and the kids won't be used to that. I don't think at least most schools don't
1: do no. And, and for, they know, it's funny, because I loop with my kids, so I'm on my side loop with them. And I, they just know me. Like, they know that you just never know what's going to happen when you walk in my room. So I actually, so um, one thing I was learning about gaming, too, was that they kind of come up with, I, what, I think they're called, um, uh, oh, gosh, I forgot the name of it. But they create, like, their own tags. So on a bulletin board, I put their names. But then I had them come up with like a gamer name. And then I, I said, you have to tell me what your strength is. So is your strength problem solving? Is it collaborating? Is it pulling people into the conversation? So they really had to think about how they collaborate and work within a group. And then that was kind of how they came up with their strength. And then I've also incorporated, we are a leader in me and Lighthouse, accredited school. So I incorporated the habits. Um, using the Schoology badges actually, because we use Schoology and I figured out how to assign badges and create my own. Um, so they're kind of gonna have a chance to earn badges together as a class. They can also earn them individually. So I kind of have like two, two different ways they can earn them. So using the Schoology badges, I attach those to our seven habits. Um, so they're they're kind of living the seven habits and that will help them earn some badges too.
0: Awesome. I like the uh, kind of the layering that you're doing uh, with these activities, with these badges. Um, Some I have to ask for those that are starting. You, you gave them the tip like having a theme really helped you out. Um, once you had a theme, I guess questions I often get that I'd love to hear your take on is, were you well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make an assumption here were you okay with not having the, the end perfectly defined? I was okay
1: with that. Yes. Because I think as I, over the past few years, as I've tried new things in the classroom, like I've tried genius hour, um, you know, trying the gamification because it's something I'm learning. I'm okay not having an end. And I share that with the kids, like as they've watched me kind of build this on the back wall, um, you know, cause I kind of wanted to get them excited about it. You know, I've been very upfront and honest that I'm kind of learning as I go and I don't know where it's all going yet, <laughs> but you know, that it's coming together. And, um, so yeah, so I'm absolutely fine not knowing exactly where it's going. I think that's part of the fun of doing it. It,
0: it is so part of the fun. And I love hearing you talk about like just sort of, I mean, designing as you go, uh, because you can be so responsive to the kids and even being upfront and honest with the kids that it's not all designed yet can really excite them i mean it's truly like oh my gosh like we don't even know what level two is you know um and, and there doesn't even have to be that kind of level structure but i just i just mean like there's there's an excitement and an exuberance when they know that literally this whole game could take any kind of turn uh, but I do know a lot of teachers sort of struggle with the, like, but, like, how do you win? I need to know the, like, win condition and build back from there. Uh, And it's not really... It doesn't have to be that type of game, really. Uh, My game doesn't really have an end or a winner. Uh, I mean, the end of the school year comes, and whatever house is in the lead is the one that, you know, gets crowned sort of king. But there isn't actually, like, I don't select a person. Like, there is no... There is no end
1: that's kind of what i'm envisioning to be honest with you Is like i'm gonna try it for a quarter and i've told them that too I'll, i said you know we'll see how this goes for for us and for me as the one that's creating it but um they you know i think that it's just the challenge of it and being able to to earn things like i i like how gamification it's about you know earning the stuff it's not, um, I, d- I don't feel like it has a negative, like I would, I would not take them away. Like, I, I don't know if anybody does that, like if they take things away, but for me, it's all about earning stuff. Um, and once you have it, you know, then you have it, like, I, I'm not gonna, you know, take it away once you have earned it. But, um, but I have a lot of athletes you know, who, who are motivated, you know, by sports and, you know, the challenge of the game. Um, I, you know, I have kids that just they're motivated by school. they like to get good grades and earn things. They're funny. Eighth grade is funny because they're, they're not adults, but they're not little kids and I can be like so quirky with them and they come along for the ride. They're such a fun age to do stuff like this. Cause.
0: Yeah. I love, um, uh... The, the beautiful language you use there just like the challenge of the game i mean that's i think that's what gets me to continue to like gamify because games are just a puzzle and it's just a it's just a challenge it's just an extra layer like by all means i think school actually becomes more challenging actually in a gamified experience yet kids sort of delightfully sort of engage in that game and that play Um uh, I always talk about, too, like, never underestimate the the power of imagination that our students have. So even, yes, they're just going to my classroom, but, like, there's something about it that, like, no, 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 they're entering the realm of nobles. But, like, it's just a classroom with folding tables and chairs. But, you know, like, their imagination transports them. And when on the screen I say it's a boss battle, like, they're in. It's a boss battle. It's amazing. It's amazing.
1: I, I participated in my first breakout room. We did it as a staff activity. And I have to admit, that hooked me too. Because just being able to solve those challenges and break out of the room and the time limit, like I didn't need a prize. I didn't, like, it was just enough that we broke out of that room. Like that, that was enough for us. And I think that kind of hooked me into it too. That boy, like when I, and I showed him the breakout box, a lot of them hadn't seen it and I, and I always think you know with eighth grade if they you know come and look at it then that's really saying to me oh I'm really excited about this you know even though I would never say it to you I'm like if they pick up the lock I'm like oh, then that's telling me you know that, not going to tell me that it looks exciting or anything like that but one of my kids was like that's hella cool <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that's awesome like,
1: but I so I think they're very intrigued by it I think it's they don't really know what to ask. They just kind of look at it. And, you know, like I said, I add a little piece every day as I get more into it. And I think they're just intrigued. Like, I don't think it's anything they've ever experienced.
0: Yeah. So they don't really know what to
1: ask about it. But they're watching. Like, that's I see them watching it.
0: Well, I even think about your own journey into gamification. You said that, like, you know, you read the book then you watched the chat like you lurked in the chat and now you're doing. I think it's a similar arc for our students. Uh, but I think that's like the, the typical gamer, like they, they need to make observations before they can make any sort of strategic sort of move. And uh, I, I guarantee you, your kids are watching, but with with eager anticipation, I mean, they they want to believe that this is going to be awesome and you're helping to create an, a wonderful, rich experience for them uh, that they'll never forget. I mean, they'll never, ever forget this unit. This is going to be one of those that they're going to talk about years down the way.
1: I'm going to be looking to you for help, too, just so you know, because I have a couple of ideas. Um, like, it's our investigative journalism unit, so I feel like it just it fits perfectly. Like, the writings are short writings. Like, you're writing like a journalist, And one of the um, activities that we do is I usually have staff members come into my room unannounced um, and create like a, a scene that the kids then have to write about when they leave. So now I'm thinking like, how do I maybe, you know, that will be part of like the gamification is that they really have to listen to the conversations that they're having when they come in because there might be a clue in that conversation or something like that. Like, am I on the right track with it by doing something like that? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I think mean, that'll just be so much fun.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I think that one, I think that's just a super cool. If any English teachers listening, like that sounds like an awesome, <laughs> like idea to like have like almost a skit happen. And then they have to sort of report on it. And that what a neat idea or what a, neat way to also sort of talk about eyewitness testimony because i'm sure everybody's piece is going to be slightly different like the main actions of what happened will be the will be similar in all their stories but they'll be finding little nuances of things that i think other writers will point out that some won't Um, oh
1: yeah it's really interesting to get their different perspectives.
0: that's so cool uh and i think it wraps perfectly into sort of the city of ember like storyline too where you know getting bits of information like there's this outside world like ah man that's going to be awesome uh what's in the darkness i mean there's just a lot of like reporting that could go on in the city of ember um, so i think that slides perfectly into the theme um, what are some mechanics that you've sort of already decided in your initial city of ember launch is going to be present but what do
1: you mean by mechanics
0: so like um there are literally countless number of mechanics uh, and most people rightfully so shouldn't start with (laughs) too many of them but so like a mechanic might be experience points you know levels items (laughs) easter eggs
1: so (laughs) um So I have the group badges, like something like that, you mean?
0: Yep. That's a mechanic is badges.
1: So the badges. So I, I know what badges I'm going to use in Schoology and I've already tried assigning them to them and I've asked them to, this I did a a little while ago, not knowing where I was going with it. So they're able to find the badges. So I know I'm definitely going to start off with badges. The only thing I have to figure out is that Schoology you can only, I need to look more into how often you can assign a badge to them. So I kind of need to figure out the behind the scenes of that. But I definitely have the badges ready to go. Um, you know, they have their gamer names and all of that ready to go. Um, we're going to kick off with the breakout box. So in the breakout box, they're getting introduced to the unit. And they're also figuring out their role. So. Um,
0: and how does their role in the game? Area?
1: Um, So I think my story starts, like, dear, I don't know, uh, dear journalists, like, we we are starting our investigative journalism unit. um, As your first assignment, you are going undercover in the city of Ember um, to help release the people of Ember from, from the darkness or something like that. But beware of the mayor because he doesn't want, you know, the mayor is kind of going to be my villain or my bad guy who doesn't want the people to escape. And then I kind of give them a little bit of a background knowledge about the city of Ember. Um, So I'm trying to think. So I do have like the materials that, um, like I have the shapes that correspond to the different, like I have the messenger and then I have a shape that represents like the messenger. I haven't figured out how I'm going to put this all together, but kind of the shape that like when they get clues and stuff will represent the messenger. And then I have a shape that represents like type pipe, works and stuff like that. So the shape i thinking will be like in the game itself. And then that will help them earn the badges of like the emoji faces. Does that right. make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then I, I don't know. I just have like these little raffles. They love earning raffle tickets. I have like these little raffle tickets that they to earn. Um, so, so that's kind of where I'm at. Like I was kind of trying to at least get that part. Um,
0: those are really key components to a game. I mean like you're, what you've sort of laid out and defined like with badges or any kind of like, those are called currencies, anything that's like earnable, collectible, um, measurable. Those are kind of the backbone to almost any game. Um, so, Having that kind of clear vision of those things is really good, it's a good launching point. Um, the rest, like all these other mechanics that can provide awesome things in your game, uh, they're awesome additions, but you need to have that sort of backbone in place. So, oh,
1: I, I do have like um, cheats too. So, I have this little thing that has like a bright light bulb on it. So, those are going to be like their, um, uh, you know, like, I don't even know how to explain. Like, I know what a cheat is. You can probably explain it better than me.
0: <laughs> uh, Well, I mean, like, there's all sorts of, like, ways to, like, break the rules, right? So um, I don't know if that's what you mean by cheat, but... Uh... Kind of
1: like a hint. Like, when I think breakout box, like, okay. I think of pieces like, hints. So if they're... The other thing I really want to do for them, too, is one thing that we talked a lot about when they taught me about gaming is that want them to feel successful so i kind of thinking about that leveling up you know like i want them to be successful those first couple weeks with it so that they you know want to keep going with it and then hopefully as we kind of get into it then it will get more challenging um as we kind of move through it um does that make sense
0: yes um like
1: kind of the right idea
0: well a lot of games have kind of a like an arc, right? So at the beginning of the game, it's rather easier. And then as the game progresses, it gets harder and harder to level up. and but then the game also becomes richer as it becomes harder and harder to level up. So while you're maybe not like constantly gaining those points to to click into the new level, you are experiencing some new game mechanics like Easter eggs, or maybe you'll introduce some sort of like power up or item they can get where like they're losing the like constant change of level. Like when I start, it's only like a couple hundred points, gets them to level two, then a couple hundred more points to level two. But like the jump from level like seven to eight is like 1800 points. So it's slow, the game slows down. But right then is when I also introduce a lot more game mechanics. So while their leveling system slows down, the game feels actually bigger and broader and richer. So that that came after a long time like you don't have to feel like you have to do that um
1: and each year
0: the game assuming you did this year after year the game is going to become cleaner quicker you're going to keep the best parts you're going to peel i mean like any lesson design like it's right, just going right, to become right. it's just going to become really tight and really awesome um and, and in some respects, really big because you're going to be able to like introduce a new mechanic or a new activity. Uh, or you had mentioned uh, in my book about the gamer profiles.
1: Oh, uh, I, that was so fascinating.
0: <laughs> so you're like when you start your original design, you know, you're going to make whatever you're going to make. But then when you go and do it again next year, you're going to be like, you know, I didn't really do anything for my socializer. So you're going you're gonna to add this activity in there. And then, you know, year three, all of a sudden, you're going to be like, ah, you know, let's let's add these like Easter eggs or something for our explorers. And then all of a sudden, you know, your game's got something for the socializers, something for the explorers, you know, and all still pointing at your curriculum goals as well. But it's just a richer experience and something truly designed for sort of all students, which is just the differentiation for me like is through the roof in a gamified model it takes time i'm not saying you do it right off the bat but it's it's well worth it
1: and that was one thing i loved when i read that about the different because it did it made me cuz i was almost in my mind thinking okay like you know i that student reminds me of that type of player but that student reminds me of that type of player and i was thinking you know how do i you know, do challenges or requests or whatever that will hit. It's like learning types. Like I always think about, you know, that child is a little bit more introverted or that child is a little more extroverted or, you know, this child is a reader. That one's a writer. This one's visual. That one's auditory. You know, when you try to create your lessons and you try to hit all that, that's exactly what I loved that. I loved your description in the book about that because then it really made me look at it differently too. Like, wow, this can really, you know, you can still differentiate for, for all the the
0: kids. Yeah, no, it's it's that was really
1: good. I liked that.
0: It's helped me um, I think become a better teacher when I think about those four gamer types and the truth be told, our students are gamers and we we are how we play, I I often say. So unfortunately we are all out of time here. We have we have to do our reflection time here. but uh other than that we're all wrapped up um the the quote that we went with today is the secret of getting ahead is getting started i feel like that was an apropos quote for you launching your unit here what uh how does that statement strike you the secret of getting ahead is the secret of getting ahead is getting started
1: I feel like education is changing really quickly, and I feel like we need to change with it, and I feel like technology is changing, and we need to change with it. I feel like that what's current for our students is what we need to be current on, Um, and I think that as, you know, education moves forward, we have to be willing to take risks. We have to be able to put ourselves in our kids' worlds. We have to be able to take their world and incorporate it into our lessons and curriculum for it to really be meaningful and engaging for them. Um, And I think that to move forward and to be, you know, the best educators we can be and hone our craft, then we need to be able to just jump in and try things. So I think, you know, jumping in and trying gamification for me is definitely helping me become a better teacher and be able to create you know an engaging learning environment for my students and they're the reason we're there um they're the most important you know thing i mean they are my top priority so everything i do revolves around you know how do i create experiences for them and how do i make learning meaningful for them
0: awesome i couldn't uh, agree i couldn't agree anymore i mean like that's just well put answer uh, I want to say thank you, Teresa, for joining us on Well Played today. Thank you. This was so much fun. Uh, it's my pleasure, and let's keep the conversations going. Uh, for all of you out there listening, don't forget to check out explorelikeapirate.com for all sorts of other blogs, blogs, and podcasts. Again, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. We're doing a giveaway for DICE uh, this month, so if you, you can check that out on explorelikeapirate.com as well. Uh, Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And as always, thanks for listening. It's an honor having you listen, learn, and play with us.